Beth. Hi, Tyler. How are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? I'm really good. My butt hurts. <laughs> but I, I should probably explain that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very scandalous. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it's very open-ended. Um, <laughs> when, when someone tells you their butt hurts, it could be a myriad of reasons. Right? <laughs> um, Beth and I have started biking again. I haven't been on a bicycle in three years. Yeah. Since I... Since I lived in a city. Yeah. Because I was out in the country and I hate riding bikes up there with like country dogs and like drivers on country roads and um, the wind's really rough. Yeah. Well, there's gravel. Yeah. Yeah. And so being here in the city with you, I moved in with Beth uh, (laughs) in Indianapolis and um, being here in the city uh, afforded us the opportunity, afforded me the opportunity to start riding again and you've been riding with me too. So we're kind of getting that callous bruise thing back on our butts um it's rough yeah it's it's rough but um it's also it's one of those joyful pains it's like when you start working out again or, yes. um what when you're like oh this is leading in a good direction right and, i earned this pain yeah, but, yeah 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 um and it, you know it's going it's for a good cause that's right. Um, well, we've been able to explore, which is fun. There's a lot of good spots by me. We um, have, and we're definitely going to talk about that more. We're going to talk about moving in there. We've been through, let's just say, we've had a very um, interesting last few weeks. Mm-hmm. A lot of transitions, a lot of um, big moments. Yeah. Um, and I thought for Common Ground, we'd kind of start with one of the harder ones that we went through was, um, I was hospitalized. I talked about it on Porch Poems, the other podcast that I'm doing, um, the other series I'm doing on this feed um, right now. Um, but I was hospitalized for psychiatric reasons um, a, cu- uh, a couple weeks ago now. Been out a week. I've been out a week. Yeah, a week ago uh, today, or so. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and so I just wanted to talk. I I think it's really important to. I want my podcast and my my work in general to be um, a kind of a mirror of my experience as a person with a mental illness, sure, um, yeah. and as really a pretty serious mental illness. Um, yeah. So basically, what happened? I talked about on that. If you want to hear the full story, you can listen to that episode of Porch Poems. But um, we'll call it the Sunday catastrophe. A few Sundays ago, I. Um, I was in a deep depression following, I have these, so what happens is I have these big mood cycles where um, I have a manic episode that that's really intense and lasts like 15 minutes to an hour and it's usually pretty aggressive, can get violent, can get, it gets very loud and chaotic and then, and then I kind of crash mm-hmm. and then I crash for like a, like a few days to a week right. into this kind of deep depression. Um, I hadn't had any kind of cycling like that in two in like two years or so since um, you got officially diagnosed. Since I got right? officially diagnosed, had my uh, meds uh, got put on the proper meds and right. and, and, and and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and then for several reasons which we can talk about, it just kind of fell apart, and I had three of those in three in like three weeks. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and then, you know, we kind of had the realization and long, I mean, the cops got caught, so we had to deal with that too. And then um, between all of us, um, 
my parents and you and the cops and me, we all kind of agreed um, a hospital was the right move. Yeah. Um, and so I went down to Community North. Um, and again, I talked about that experience on there, so I don't want to uh, repeat too much of that. Um, but I did want to talk about um, a few things. I, I, wanted, I wanted to just check in on those days with you and whatever you feel comfortable sharing sure. about what that experience was like for you just in general. Um, what did you notice uh, in, in, some, in those episodes that you maybe had heard about but you had never kind of seen in person? That's a good question. Um, mostly, honestly, I've heard about bipolar mania from movies and then from you kind of describing it from past things. Yeah. And so um, it's, I just, I, I had heard it, but I had never seen it before. But you yeah. change. Like, you physically change. Your face changes. Your eyes change. Yeah. And so it's clear it's you, but it's like, I don't know. Possessed is the best way I know how yeah. to describe it. Yeah. It's like you are not your self, your id. I don't know yeah. those words, but like that's not yeah. control anymore. It's just straight like yeah. emotions and there's no real control over it. Yeah, it almost feels like that lizard brain mm-hmm. really kicks in. Yeah. Um, and it, I have described it as like when I'm cycling like that, as like being on fire. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why am I on fire? And how do I get out? And yeah. then, but then the, but then when someone throws a bucket of cold ice water, that's when the pain really sets in. Yeah. And that trans, that stark transition from being manic, like aggressively manic, to to being, um, to to being like depressed and like all the shame and the guilt mm. flooding in, and oh. and um, yeah, it's just. And that's kind of where, that's when the, I think that was what was happening in those three weeks. I was going from hot to cold, hot to cold, really quick. And it's just like in shock. Yeah. Right? Um, and so that uh, going to the hospital was kind of that opportunity to recover from that shock. Yeah. And to kind of get back in my routine, mm-hmm. touch in with my meds. And we adjust my meds. I came out with a new diagnosis. They're, they're. They're not sure if we're going to call it like a, it doesn't really matter, but uh, is it a dual diagnosis, but it's a borderline personality disorder, so bipolar being a mood disorder, uh, borderline being a personality disorder, um, and so they could be going hand in hand, um, or it could, we could have been mistakenly call it bipolar, but either way, I, like, like I said in the other podcast, it's not really helpful for me to talk about that right now because I haven't done enough research, haven't done enough thinking, I haven't sure. talked to, I have a therapy appointment later on uh, with my therapist and hopefully we'll talk more about that. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, what, what were those days like for you of me being in the hospital? That's got to be very strange. Um, that's <laughs> not, uh, well, okay, so another thing was I had COVID. I know. I check in to this hospital, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm being brave. You are. I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to get help. I'm humbling myself. And then they're like, well, we're going to keep you, but but you have to be isolated because you have COVID. So I felt isolated in Elwood. Right. We realized later that that was part of the problem. That's why we moved in together. And because well, that and other reasons, obviously. Like, <laughs> um, we yes. love each other. We're blah, yes. blah, 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 yeah. blah. But, <laughs> no, um, that ridiculousness. But, uh, 
but you know we have to isolation and then so then i have to go be isolated there right and so then you can't come visit i know that was hard um and and yeah my i have this little they give me this little shitty phone as my <laughs> lifeline to call you and uh so but what was that experience like having a boyfriend and in, in the psych ward and like having to tell you had to like tell your mom and like like yeah i just i feel for you man no i mean i think because we had all agreed and kind of came to that conclusion together that this was a good step yeah um just a good reset a good chance for you to do the work you need to without having to worry about the extra things of Mm -hmm. like mowing the grass or cooking your meals meals is a big one yeah really helpful Right, and that was another thing about Elwood was it wasn't easy to get food to you. Like, I couldn't door dash something to you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just knowing that you were taken care of and that um, you um, it was the best place for you helped so much. Yeah. Um, but it was hard not being able to see you. It was hard, like, knowing how isolated you felt and not being able. I'm like, I've been exposed. I've been by him for the past weekend. Like, let me in so I can just hang out with him. <laughs> You should have just checked in. Should have been neighbors. Just put us in the same room. Yeah. Uh, we had to share that little twin bed together with the little crinkly plastic oh on it. Uh, how much I toss and turn at night? Like <laughs> you never would have slept. <laughs> um. Yeah. You know it. I I've spent an extended period of time in a hospital like that once. Uh, one other time. You know, I've been overnight. I've been like. Um, I've been for a few hours, that kind of thing, more outpatient kind of stuff. But as far as an extended stay, two years ago when my wife left, um, a little over two years ago, when my wife left, I I was in the hospital then. Um, and and it was, it, that was two weeks into COVID, mm-hmm. so no one really knew what to do. They were kind of doing protocol. That We were still like hand sanitizing like crazy. Um, we, they, they weren't, yeah, they weren't sure distancing and masking and they were figuring out all that on the yeah. fly. So that made it kind of chaotic. I also went to a place that wasn't very, it, cause we were kind of scrambling Yeah. and this felt a little, we had kind of had it in our minds, like yeah. where, where I want to go. And you yeah. had a good recommendation with community North. And so we, we got that all figured out. Um, and then also, you know, I went in, uh, because I had had a really bad episode with my ex-wife. Um, while I was in there, she sends me an email telling me she's leaving, and she sends it to the she sends it to the hospital, and they share it with me. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> and so I have to spend like the next three days, and like she won't answer my phone calls, from and and I actually haven't haven't talked to her since, and um, and so that was kind of traumatic. Yeah. And. So going back in was and just like shitty. was like, uh, well, thank you. Uh, I I don't really want to uh, her experience and no, you're okay. I I want to give her her experience as her experience and I I know that's an impossible situation as well. Um, and so I so there's all that like, when's Beth gonna stop answering my phone calls? Is Beth gonna pick me up? Is it you know all that stuff? Especially now, my parents are are three four states away right where before they were there they picked me up and yeah so so then just those logistical things just those like comforting things like where am i gonna go when i leave yeah. like um i would 
the first couple of days were like a panic about <laughs> that, like yeah. testing you, feeling you out. Every time I call you <laughs> and you picked up, it was like, what a relief. Good. And and then, because um, I couldn't blame you. Like, th- that's such a big thing to see. I don't really feel like sharing too much about what happened, but like, I get, yeah, like, I threw your phone over a house. Like, th- th- like, like, weird. Just, like, totally out of character, just, like, right. out of my mind, just, like, scrambling for any sort of control or yeah. cohesion. Um, kind of, you know, I just screamed horrible things at many people, you know, like, that I don't even really remember. I It's weird. I feel, like, the vibrations of them, but I don't feel actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's like I can't hear myself in those moments. Yeah. It's really strange. It's really strange. Um, well, it's scary, too, because you realize you're not in control, that you are feeling this, and so, I don't know, I, that would be scary for me, so. Yeah, um, well, but, you know, but the, the important thing is the getting help, yes. right, and that we made it through, and yeah. we, and you, you're safe, and you feel yes. safe, and we're, we're good with all that, um, and. It's the le- it's the lessons that come out of that. I I took a playwriting course uh, in college, a really wonderful with a wonderful playwright Sherry Kramer, and she talked about how like kind of turns or endings in plays should be feel in retrospect inevitable, so okay. so not necessarily predictable, but once they happen, you're like, oh yeah, that. And that's kind of how I feel about the month leading up. There yeah. was some I learned some information about some possible trauma from my childhood. Yeah. I had a conflict with a close friend. I took on a new job. I'm, I'm like, getting closer and closer to starting school. Yeah. We've been talking about moving in anyways. And so, so all these kind of things are happening. And, the, and then it's like, well, duh. Like, <laughs> like but, but we, we didn't necessarily see it. So now we can kind of start to learn how to see that yes. before it feels in retrospect inevitable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with like getting off my routine, mm-hmm. with now we know the borderline symptoms, mm-hmm. right? That helps a um, lot and explains a lot too. So yeah, it explains a lot too. And then I also know that I need to expect less of my support system. I need to communicate like less mind reading mm-hmm. of my support system. I need to communicate better when I need food, when I need help getting up, when I need those kind of things. Um, so yeah. Um, do you have any big takeaways from that that we haven't talked about? Or No, I think, honestly, you summed it up well. Um, I think kind of recognizing, I loved how you said at one point, like, you want me to be your companion, not your caretaker. Yeah. And I think I also tend towards that role. Like, that's just my natural thing. The caretaker role. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I was happy to fill that, and it yeah. got to be a lot. And um, I think you recognized that. I was starting to recognize it. So it's... Um, I think that's probably one of my biggest takeaways is I want to be your partner. Like, right. I want to be, I want to walk this with you. And yeah. so, um, just trying to figure out, like, where I fall into bad habits with that and uh-huh. kind of also recognizing, like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't a bit a good thing. Let's take a step back or look at this in yeah. a different way. Yeah. Well, especially since it's such a unique case mm-hmm. and it's, like, nothing you've dealt with before. It's not like your friend who was sad, who's had, not to downplay depression, oh. but, like, your friend who has depression or uh or your parents who have a certain conflict style and you're trying to help them right uh 
it that this is such a unique situation. So you really were kind of grasping for straws, like trying to figure out what, yeah. like what, what are we doing here? Um, and instead of just like wit- letting it be and like witnessing and like mm-hmm. responding, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks to, well, I'll deal with that in a second, actually. Um, but, uh, well, actually, let's go ahead and do gratitude here, because okay. I think it relates to that. Sure. Mine, at least. Yeah. Um, my, I like to be, my support system, you, mm-hmm. thank you, um, for not leaving me while I was in the hospital. Um, thank you, um, to my parents for forgiving me um, and for under separating the illness from the person. I think that's really hard to do sometimes. Um, and thanks to my friends um, who checked in on me while I was in the hospital. I came out to a lot of texts. I came, you know, or I sent a few people texts that I had plans with that week. And like, yeah. as we were driving, like, hey, I'm going to the hospital. Like, I'll check in when I get out. And so a lot of good texts coming in off that. Um, people checking in since then, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, it just, it really means a lot. And, uh, my friend Michael talking to me while I was in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, and just, um, just feeling like I can do this with, again, like that kind of, with people beside me, not people leading me. Um, I think I felt so down Mm -hmm. when, when my ex-wife left. Um, and, you know, my ex-wife left, I, like, I was left no job, no money, like, uh, out there at the house, my parents moved a few months after that, like, I just, I felt so defeated, mm-hmm. and so, for a long time, I did need people to kind of yeah. pull on the rope a little, and now I'm kind of taking, um, I guess I'm taking the reins, yeah. it's time to take the reins, so, um, so I'm grateful for people who, who pulled me through, and now are kind of giving me the shove to, to be my best self. Um, what about you? What, is, what are you grateful for right now? It doesn't have to be related to that. But. No. Well, obviously, I'm, I'm grateful that um, I'm grateful you're here. Like, Thank you. It's been so nice having you here. And, like, I don't know. We're doing projects together. And there's so many things that I struggle with on my own. So it's been so nice to have someone come along. And yeah, it's the same idea. Like, I don't need you to lead me to do, to do these projects or to, I don't know, be organized or improve or eat better or go right. exercise. But it's nice to have somebody to do them with. And, yeah. Um, I love that I'm an example of eating better. <laughs> hey, you're making great choices. <laughs> well, I did not last night. Um, <laughs> after you went to bed. Uh, that's okay. That's um, okay. We all get our slip-ups. But no. Uh, no, but you're right. <laughs> I, I ate a chunk of cheese. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it could have been a chunk of cookie butter, or... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, great. Um, well, I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate you letting me be here. So, yeah, I guess well, we're just kind of switching up some orders this time. Because sure. our more Rex, more Rex, I was just kind of thinking, like, we could talk about moving in together. Okay. And kind of some of the things that have been working and yeah. things that, that we've found. Um, uh but yeah, so we we we've been talking about it. We I think we'd ju- I think we'd start like it'd be really nice to you know, we had an hour between each other. Right. And we had and you you work and I'm I'm always busy with something and so mm-hmm. just we wanted to the word we kept using was entangled. 
Yeah. And we kept wanting to be entangled. But it's hard to do from an hour's distance. Yeah. Um, it feels more like tentacles, which can be kind of yeah, yeah, and they sometimes touch, but they yeah. don't ever tangle. Yeah. Entangle, right? And that's a good way to put it. And um, w- with this, we realized, like, because mental health is such a big part of our journey together, yeah. as we need to entangle that as well. And mm-hmm. that's kind of a day-in, day-out, like, yeah. seeing you can spot those warning signs. I can I can do those things to help you kind of lift up off the couch and get going, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So how's, how's it been having someone come into your space? Because you've had roommates before, but never in this house, right? You've always... Yeah, I've had people stay for like a short time, but yeah, never like a permanent yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's nice. I've always loved having roommates or having someone in the house. Yeah. So I love it. Um, and especially this house, it's a great house, but it feels very big by myself. And it is. Especially, yeah. I had a dog for a long time and he passed away last October. So ever since then, like it's felt extra empty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been great. Well, yeah, now you, you have another dog yeah. in your house. I Jenny brought bug. my Ginny bug with me. Um, it's been great having her, too. But, yeah, it's been, um, I think we're learning some things, some growing pains. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, and even just, like, because we lived far apart, I felt like, I always felt like whenever we were together, like, we had to be constantly at each other's head, like, yep. maximize every moment together. Uh-huh. You called it, like, we were on vacation, basically. It was always, they were always little, like, mini vacations. Yeah. Because we'd go out to eat, and we and we would just, like, I would get out of my routine, uh-huh. and, uh, and, and all that. And now we're learning, I think what you're saying is we're learning how to be in routine together. And that it also means, like, it's okay if I want to go up and read while you do something else. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't need me to sit by you yeah. and watch television or, or, yeah, read a book or whatever. So. Yeah, I wrote it down here as doing the basic shit together. It's <laughs> yes. is like, yeah, like, how do we go grocery shopping together? How, fun. You know, like, how do we, what does that look like? How, right. Like, even just, like, how do we, when we go grocery shopping, how do we split, are we a, this is mine, this is yours, this yeah. is mine, or we just split it right down the middle. Like yeah. how, the, the, all those shit that, like, I think I, and for me, because I need to keep a grasp of what's going on is at all times is it's important to to kind of talk those things out and to, like, have a good, yeah. comes back to them, I'm always griping about systems, right? <laughs> and your systems are always very personal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like, under my cabinet under my sink might be a mess but i know i know what that system is right right right. and there might be a spoon and laundry detergent under there but like (laughs) i know i know why this i know why the spoon's there and then logically and then i'm a more logical oriented system person so then i look at why is this there's no logical reason why there's a spoon next to (laughs) like laundry detergent in the back of the cabinet under the sink like that makes no sense to me and so then i can't so then we're, like, trying to build this, like, personal, logical system together, right? right? Like, what's, it's our personal, like, what works best for us. Right. But it also, hopefully, since we're thinking about it very intentionally, it's also going to make sense, yes. right? And Yeah. But that just, it, it turns something like how, like, organizing, um, like, uh, we cleaned up the backyard. It turns something like cleaning up the backyard, um into like 
a couple's like it's a potential argument. Yeah. Like everything we're doing it right now is like a potential argument. Like going through, we went through a closet to make room for my clothes. Like mm-hmm. that. That's a hot. Like. I'm very all particular these, about all these myself. clothes <laughs> that you're not gonna wear. Yeah. But. But I bought it in France, or I bought, you know, and it's like, okay, and like, and we're like, <laughs> and like, I can't argue with that. No. Like, and, but, so just, so I don't want to argue with that. And so, like, how does that work? I keep doing this gesture where I'm putting my fingers <laughs> together because it's, it's that entanglement. It it's is. that learning how to be entangled. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like, how do, how do we do projects and not fight? Yeah. And luckily, when, when we're in our right minds, neither of us are very argumentative in that way. I'm, no. I have a tendency to be a little grumpy. Mm. And you... <laughs> I'm staying silent. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I, um, I, get, I get possessive, I guess would be a good way to say it. Or like, I... Like defensive. Defensive. I yeah. think it's... Def- you get like... You, you think I'm trying to steal your clothes. You know what I mean, like, or you think I'm I'm saying this is crap or this was a stupid decision you made, mm-hmm. and I'm never saying that. I'm saying like right now mm-hmm. where we're at is this is this whatever serving you? And and when you said yes, did I once argue? No. Like you said yes, then it's like okay, it stays. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, and so it's just kind of figuring so. Yeah, so navigating my grumpiness and your defensiveness and just, yeah. it's so it's so tricky. We've done a good job, though. We have done a good job. We really have. You've been very sensitive to, like, my nervousness. Like, and I really want you to feel welcome here. So Yeah, uh, I can feel that. Yeah, I think we both are trying and, and coming from good spots. It's just sometimes yeah. it gets a little raw. And... Well, you, but you doing those things make, makes me feel welcome. You making space for me in a closet okay. makes me feel welcome here. It's not just like, yeah, you'll find room. Yeah, it's like no, you're, you're, you're inviting me into that. This okay. is your closet. I'm pulling yeah. up a chair. You did yeah. that at the concert, and so when Anthony came over, like you brought yeah. a chair into the circle so that he would come sit. Right. Just... So we saw we saw my friend Anthony Ray Wright, who was on a previous, uh, like a long time ago now, was on an episode of this podcast. Um, and we saw him play, and after the show, you know, uh, some friends that came with us, we were all sitting around talking, and so I pulled up a chair just so, and pointed to it so he would know to, yeah. whenever he was ready, he could come sit and talk to us. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, that's a good metaphor for what, because it is tricky. We've talked about that, like, we thought we would always, when we moved in together, we would move into a, a new place mm-hmm. together. Yeah. But circumstances just didn't line like that. I I have very little money, um, and uh, you're not ready to leave this house, and so um, this is this is gonna work out. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm really I'm really happy with it. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. All right, now let's get to some. That was a lot of heavy stuff. That was. That was a lot of coupley talk and a lot of and hopefully it serves. For anyone listening, it serves as good reminders or good and just good insight, hopefully. But um, but I also like some of the other sections we do on this yeah. podcast that are a little more fun. That's and true. one of the fun things we've done um, is uh, 
we go, we do the science lesson with Beth and the poem with Tyler, but we're flip-flopping it today. And I'm going to do the science lesson, and you're going to do the poem. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Go ahead. Okay. So my science lesson in classic Tyler faction is (laughs) why does weed that is smoked versus ingested, like with edibles, why do they hit differently? Interesting. Okay. Um, And so, you know, anyone that's partook, partook, partaken, partake? Uh, I think it's partake, partaken. Partaken? I don't know. Somebody let me know. Um, and anyone that's partaken knows that, like, edibles, you often get this, like, couch-locking body high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then smoking, you get more of that head high, the whoa, bro, like, that kind of, um, that, and then, like, coming up with conspiracy theories kind of head high, <laughs> right? Like, you get that. Um, and it comes down to... The way it's absorbed, right? Right. Digestive system, stomach versus lungs, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it, it's, and as, as I was researching it, it's all about that directness into the bloodstream. Okay. Right? So the reason, the reason uh, weed hits faster, quicker, right? When you, or sorry, smoking, when you smoke, it hits, it hits faster is because it goes direct, lungs, it's a direct route to the bloodstream. Yeah, yeah. But with stomach, it takes you gotta digest it, mm-hmm. and that's where the there's that chemical and there or the, there's the way um, it's digested that there's that chemical in it that makes it more psychoactive. So that's kind of why it gets a little more trip colors poppier. Okay. It's a little more closer to like a um, like a psychedelic okay. than like smoking is is because with that it so it's this. So there's this Vice article about this, and there's a guy named Jacobs, Nick Jacobs, and he's a he has a PhD in neuroscience from Harvard Medical School. So wow. he probably knows what he's talking Smart about. Cookie, yeah. um, he says the real difference between edibles and smoking or vaping is that with edibles, a much larger fraction of delta nine THC makes it to the liver first. Okay. There it gets converted to eleven hydroxy THC. Um, so, and it says most people have heard of THC, but 11 hydroxy THC is a distinctly different cannabinoid. Oh, okay. And, and so it's one that's more psychoactive. Interesting. So when it gets converted, it gets to the liver first, so it then it gets converted, converted different and at a higher level. Okay. And then it goes directly into your bloodstream from and your then liver? It go, then it goes into your bloodstream. Interesting. So it's really a different chemical that you're experiencing. It's, you, it's, it's more of a, it's, yeah, it's a much different experience. Very cool. Um, I didn't know that. So, yeah, so it's indeed more potent, probably perhaps even more so than its cousin. Um, yeah, and they've done studies on it and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, and so that, because I always wondered about that, because um, both with CBD and with THC, I I've, have found them very helpful in my journey mm-hmm. um, with mental health, um, and I've tried to use them as intentionally as possible um and you know i had to learn those different those different things like oh if i'm looking for this experience or i'm looking for this kind of uh symptom relief then i then edibles are better and then if smoking or vaping is better for these things okay um yeah um 
But that said, everyone should be safe and mm-hmm. smart with the way they ingest. Um, uh, I feel like it happened with booze a few years ago, especially with craft beer, where it kind of became the Wild West again, where it's like, it's craft beer, so it's great. Like, go at it. You yeah. know, and it's like, it's still alcohol. <laughs> you yeah. still have to, you still have to drink in moderation. You still have to pay attention to your water and take it who's driving and all that and and i feel like now that weed's becoming legal in a lot of places and it's becoming more acceptable and there's all these like delta eights and kit and cbd um it's also kind of like people aren't being as intentional about it mm-hmm. um and it really is a sacred kind of plant magic and so um we should be uh thoughtful about the way we do that yeah. and that was another thing that uh being at the hospital, I got to be away from it for a second. I could kind of reassess how yeah. and why I was using mm-hmm. CBD and THC. Um, yeah. Very um, cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. I've been wanting to talk about that for a while. Yeah. Um, Good science lesson. Yeah. Do you want to do our so question or yeah. do you want to do your poem first? Uh, we can do the so question. Yeah, okay. let's fix it up. Okay, cool. Um, so we ha- so we have okay. that deck of cards that are so questions about uh, getting to know your partner better, um, and the one we picked this kind of as we make this big commitment to live together kind of seemed like it was uh, apropos. Um, I don't know if I use that right. Um, yeah. <laughs> the question is, what are you afraid of losing when you commit to someone? Um, I've been thinking, I don't know, like, I, I feel like everything that I might be losing, like, this idea of independence, yeah. um, it's, yeah. um, I think that's probably the biggest one, but I feel like it's also an illusion, and I think you had said something earlier that got me thinking about how, like, I put off this air of I didn't mind being by myself, and I really like being by myself, and I do in some ways, um, but, or I didn't mind being single, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. is what you said. Um, and so when you first met me. Um, so I think that's true to some extent, but that was also a defense mechanism. And For so sure. I think some of this independence that I so-called fear of losing, I'm okay with because I'm gaining so much more out of it. And it's really, it was more defensive than anything. So I think that was probably the biggest thing that came to mind. Um, yeah. yeah you. Well, we always have this thing where, the the obstacle seems much bigger. You know, mountains mm-hmm. from molehill kind yeah, of thing, yeah. right? And, uh, yeah, and so we're always that, like, oh, we're going to lose our alone time. Mm-hmm. But we lose some of our alone time, right? Um, we don't lose all. And it's more, it's replaced by better things yeah. often, right? And it's the, uh, one of my answers was friend time. Mm-hmm. You you especially because I'm moving yeah. in, in this form of commitment. And and so, like, some of my friends up there. But then, like, I've seen I, – I already have seen my best friend Zach in the mm-hmm. week since I've moved down. <laughs> you know, and, like yeah. – and, like, and so it's all going to work. And I'll see him again this week. So, like, it all is going to be fine. Yeah. But in your head, it's like, I'm, oh, I'm just only going to see Beth forever and, like <laughs> – it, which is great, but it was also, like, terrifying. Yeah. And, it, and it's just like, well, no, of course, I'm going to 
make friends way have friends down here and like all that kind of stuff right yeah um and so that's part of it and then um i think going back to what we were talking about both with the hospitalization and with them moving in together it's the 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 kind of routine needs that i have as someone with the with a mental illness and then also as someone who's just particular and <laughs> and can be a little grumpy in my systems mm-hmm. and losing those but like we talked about those are adjustable and when you are truly collaborating with someone mm-hmm. you can create new ones that fit both that work for both people yeah um so that's not really that big a deal yeah uh, what what else um are you afraid of losing when you when you commit because i know yeah this was a big commitment you know and just starting to date me at all was like because you it's a very stark contrast from the life you were living yeah yeah i've been on my own for a long time and so um yeah i don't know i keep thinking like oh i can't do things the way i want or oh i can't yeah um yeah and so i think it was more it's just a matter of control you're being judged Maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't, like, act as, you, you, you can't, you're, you're in the spotlight, Mm -hmm. and so your mistakes, your, your little slip-ups, your, your illogical, like, reason, like, (laughs) what you said, no, 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 you're right, you're right. (laughs) Everybody, I'm not saying yours, I meant anybody, mine, when you commit, when you move in with someone, you, you, you're, you know, like. I just, when I'm at my house, by myself, when I live alone, I can put my book wherever I want, uh-huh. right? And then it's like, hey, honey, why is the book on the kitchen sink? I'm trying to make, you know, like, yeah. I'm trying to do dishes, and your book's going to get wet. Like, yeah, like, like, but, but if I would, of course, move, yeah, you know what I mean? That's a bad example, but you know what I mean, where you're just like. You still have you can, to adjust, who you, like, you can't be. It's not just for you now. Yeah. There's yeah, someone else in that space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember one that, like, I I had gotten in the habit of not flushing after I pee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, if it's yellow, let it mellow. <laughs> and so I had to check in with you and be like, do you want me to stop doing this <laughs> at your house? Like, because it's just a habit now. Yeah. And I, it really doesn't matter to me either way. Yeah. But it, it probably is better to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, um... But it was one of those things that, like, the, like, whatever that fall, what category that falls into is kind of part of it. Yeah. All choices now involve another person. Like, even if it's yeah. something yeah. that's yeah. seemingly your own, like, you still are checking in. Yeah. Um, well, and one of my friends, well, our friend Jess, had talked about how, like, being in a relationship, like, suddenly you, it's great and everything, but also that person sees all your worst faults and mm-hmm. all the hard things about yourself that, like, you either don't want to admit or yeah. you've been able to, I've been able to kind of hide at my house uh-huh. and put on whatever. So I think that's probably something where, like, not that you've ever been mean in that way or, like, called sure. me out like that, but it's it's just this sense of, like, oh, well, somebody's now going to witness everything for better or yep. worse. <laughs> yeah, you have a forever witness. Yeah. yeah. Um. For sure. Um, well, and one last one for me is with commitment in general, you know, like we're doing the monogamy thing, you know, and a lot of people do polyamorous stuff, and I've done that in the past, and it, it's, it works sometimes and it doesn't work other times. But um, 
And one of the things when, when you know, when we decided to date uh, and to be exclusive in that way was I love like early dates. I mm-hmm. love first and second dates. I I love just getting to know people, um, and yeah, and and I love the freedom of that, and I love the freedom, or I love the kind of joy of like telling stories, yeah. like people telling. Like, I get to tell all my stories that you've heard <laughs> and that, like, my friends have heard a million times. I get to tell them they're a person and they're fresh. Yeah. You know? And, like, that's And they're really, great stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. And that and that's really fun. And, you know, like, and, like, the possibility of, like, romance. Yeah. Like, kissing at the end of the night. And, like, uh, but <laughs> but that's what, I think that's where I'm, I, I'm a bad, uh, I'm bad at polyamory because polyamory, I love commitment but i i don't have it i don't have the capacity for more than one person mm-hmm. uh, i have friends who have like three like significant others wow. and, like regular and it's like that sounds like so much but then like i guess i have pretty intimate relationships with friends so who knows but but anyways but i do admit i'm getting on a tangent <laughs> but i uh, but i but so you know that was one I had been going on some like bumble dates when we dated, and that was just fun, you yeah. know, just to be like, okay, what's gonna happen, you know, or like, what, what am I gonna learn about this person, you know, yeah. like, that one person who, um, we were about to go on our first date, and she told me she didn't have any teeth. Oh. Um, because she'd had some, she'd had something happen, and she had to have all her teeth removed. Oh and, no. And then I had to, I had to sit and think, is no teeth a deal break? Yeah. I had never had to consider that before. Yeah. But, like, that whole experience. And I ended up not going on a date with her for other reasons okay. besides the teeth. Um, I decided the teeth thing wasn't a deal breaker. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, those kind of strange, interesting, unique moments of life, mm-hmm. um, they just come at you faster when you're, like, going on first dates and stuff. Yeah. And they're... And I think I'm a little bit of an addict for those. <laughs> um, so that's hard for me to give up sometimes. Yeah. Um, I know you're about to try to fix it. And no, I can go I'm actually states. <laughs> keeping my mouth shut. I am doing my best to keep this, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but any other ones for you about commitment and... I think it's, I don't know if I'm afraid of losing. I'm, I'm honestly afraid of screwing up and like not knowing what to do and kind of think. So it just feels very, sometimes it just seems intimidating. You're going to screw up. (laughs) No, I. But no, you're right. That helps. Yeah. Do you not remember the beginning of this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Do you not remember the Sunday catastrophe? (laughs) Um, We all do, right? And. Especially, yeah, especially because we're just at different, like, uh, experience levels, yeah. too. And, and like, I've been married and, then, like, those ki- those kind of things. And so we, we are, we're going to screw up for different reasons and that, and it's going to happen. And that that's where the compassion and the love and the unconditional love comes mm-hmm. in. So, you got this. Um, yeah. Okay, well, let's end with you. It's kind of appropriate after just saying that because... She's going to share a poem. 
It's called Allowables, and it's by Nikki Giovanni. And honestly, I saw this on Twitter as we first saw That's okay. It. <laughs> There's a lot of great poems on Twitter. And so, um, so yeah, Allowables by Nikki Giovanni. I killed a spider, not a murderous brown recluse, nor even a black widow. And if the truth were told about this, was only a small, sort of papery spider who should have run when I picked up the book. But she didn't, and she scared me, and I smashed her. I don't think I'm allowed to kill something because I am frightened. So, kind of taking that and, like, probably abusing that in a way, but, like, just because I'm a frightened, I'm, I'm a frightened because I'm nervous or fearful of this, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to squash it. Like, there's a lot of good things that can come out of this relationship. So, yeah, I just liked it anyway that the thought of, I have a very terrifying relationship with spiders. Um, so that struck me first. But I just, yeah, the thought of killing something because I'm frightened of it had me thinking yeah. just in general. So. Yeah, I love I love poems like that that are, that like really get in the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and there's a lot of tension. And then they, and the, I call my soft ending. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's that soft revelation. Yeah. Right? Um, that there's a great Mary Rufo poem, Providence, which I've talked about a lot, probably on here, um, that is going through this whole childhood experience and how difficult it was and, and all this. And then the ending is just, I hated childhood, I hate adulthood, and I love being alive. Aww. And you have to really earn those moments. Yeah. And yeah, this Giovanni poem does that for sure. Um, uh, yeah, and so... And so, yeah, you talked about what drew you that poem, but what what do you think in that poem, I think one of the great things about uh, poetry is, like, saying things that haven't been said or trying to say things that are kind of inexplicable. Mm-hmm. Um, what feels inexplicable about that poem? That's a great question. Um... Sorry, a lot of pressure. No. Um, I don't know if it's inexplicable, I'll say this, and maybe we can go from there. But, like, being terrified of spiders, like, I understand that first uh-huh. instinct to just smush it. Yeah. But, like, that kind of taking it from something that is evil and nefarious and having fangs and uh-huh. venom and turning it into this tiny thing that, like, is helpless, really. To and, be honest about it. Yeah. To digging into the honesty of it. Yeah. yeah. And how that changed, like, she still killed the spider. Yeah. But that, um, like, there was regret afterwards. Well, it changed the next spider. Yeah. That's... Yeah. You know, and will it change you mm-hmm. with the next spider? Yeah. Um, well, I think about what I love about that poem is is the confessional aspect of it. Okay. It's sharing something that isn't. It uh, you're you're sharing, you're sharing like a fear. Mm-hmm. You're sharing something you're a little ashamed that you did, mm-hmm. right? You're you know, um, and so, like. Mike Birbiglia, who we both love, who we've seen together, the comedian, he um, he's said before, like, if we're not sharing she- if we're not sharing secrets, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And and I think that there's an element of that that makes that poem have a lot of yeah. vibrancy. I like that. That's a good word for it, vibrancy. Uh, yeah. Well, and it gets you thinking too, like, okay, what am I ashamed that I've done that I realize in like hindsight, okay. I didn't need to react that way, yeah. or, yeah. It's back to that molehill mountain thing, Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, for sure. 
Well, great. This was a wonderful episode. I'm happy to be talking with you from the house that I now live in. Yay! We've yeah. often recorded here in this house, but um, and I'm happy to be recording again. Now, we're mm-hmm. hoping to do this regularly again yes. um, every other week since um, since we live together and we have more of that spacious free time together. Yeah. Um, and we can just pop in and do it. Yeah. Um, conversation. And it doesn't yeah. have to interrupt our vacation. That's right. Dang straight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dang straight. Dang straight. All right. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. I'll be back next week with some porch poems. Um, be well. Be well.